I think you all came ready to worship today. Wow. And the youth as well. Thank you. By the way, if you're in a service and you ever see the youth up here, it's not like youth only, right? Is that true? They can come up and join you if they want. Yeah, someone can do that. Yep, that'd be great. I'm just so grateful for how God is at work. People encountering Jesus, experiencing a touch from him. The youth at the retreat last week. I mean, just numerous ways that we're seeing people come to know Jesus and taking steps with him. So uh, what a great God we have. So great indeed. You can go and be seated. And I just want to share one thing that is an example of how God is at work. Uh, guys at Lorraine Correctional, we love you. We're so glad that you're part of the Grace family. And uh, two weeks ago, uh, by the way, they have fantastic worship as well. I mentioned, I said, you guys, I would love for you to come and lead worship at Grace sometime. I don't know if we can work that out, but we'll see. And about two weeks ago, they had a baptism service. I was able to speak at their services on that Monday. They meet for two services. They have alpha classes, discipleship, reentry stuff, recovery, all kinds of things happening with dozens of volunteers from Grace. But I'd love to show you the picture of, or the, some pictures of the guys who got baptized so we can celebrate with them. Does that sound good? Uh, here it is. Let's take a look. Brothers at Lorraine, we love you, we're praying for you, we're cheering you on, and we are so grateful you're part of this family. Just met uh, two guys who were recently uh, released, and, um, and just to see how they're beginning to find their way again has is, is just been great. By the way, our online audience, many of you watching in different places, and we're growing. I, I just love the attentiveness. I want to show you a picture. This is sent by Anna, one of our Grace attenders, and... Uh, and her black lab here, or whatever the color that is, I was like, look at the attentiveness right there. Like, just as close as we can get to the screen. So that's Luffy. So would you be praying for Luffy for just a redeemed heart, and uh, God would just let her roots go deep. <laughs> By the way, we love hearing stories of how God is at work, and, uh, and if you have one, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, if you'd say, I have a story of, of how um, Jesus has brought healing in my life or provision in some way as I trusted him or he reconciled a relationship or how he came to know Christ or whatever. You'll see a couple of ways to, to be in touch with us here on the screen. And, and starting with just that little uh, QR code you see on the armrest next to you, just sort of push your neighbor's elbow off of that if you need to, uh, or if you prefer, send us an email or whatever is best, but we would be glad to hear from you. Maybe we'll get to tell your story at some point of how God is at work. Can we just pray together and ask God to, uh, there's so much happening and we just want to give him thanks, but also pray for various needs. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you 
that death has been arrested, that you've overcome the grave, that you're so good, so great, so powerful, so loving, Lord. And so we can, as we sang in that one song earlier, that our, our, our enemies are drowned in praise, Lord, that we can, when we look to you, other things in life begin to find their perspective. And so, Lord, uh, we just turn to you with every need that's uh, on our heart right now. You know the pressure points, Lord, for everyone uh, here, those engaging online, our brothers at Lorraine. Lord, would you just show yourself to be the faithful, good God that you are? Lord, I want to pray especially for students beginning a new semester uh, from kindergarten up through grad school, for those who teach. Uh, pray especially for international students, Lord, who are not only beginning a new academic term, but also finding their way perhaps in a country that's not as familiar. And Lord, may we as a church family just welcome and show love to those who are uh, new to our country. And God, we pray for other countries in the world. You, you're the Lord of, of all nations, and you care about people in every part of this planet. And so, Lord, our hearts were sobered as we saw the results of a devastating earthquake in Morocco. We pray for the family members who survive and grieve, those entrusted with trying to rebuild a city and a region of a country that's just been uh, severely damaged. Lord, for nations like Niger and Gabon, Gabon that are, have so, so much civil unrest right now, Lord, we could just keep on going around the world. We pray for our own country, for our president, his cabinet, Congress, Lord, for those leading in a state and local level, Lord, may they lead with integrity and with wisdom, even when they don't know that it's you giving it, that they would be faithful to the roles to which you've called them. And Lord, thank you that you've called us to be an active part of what you're doing. And even today, as we look into your word and we see that, would you help our lives to be in sync with you and to, to uh, that the voice of the enemy would be silenced and that your Holy Spirit would have his way in our lives uh, for the sake of your name and your kingdom, we pray. Amen. If you're wondering what it means to be part of the Grace family, or what are we saying? We want this to be true of every person who's part of you know, our, our church. What does that look like? It comes back to three big words. In fact, it's going to be on the screen here. Would you say this with me aloud? This, this is our purpose statement that we say, this is what we want to be true about us. Let's say it together. Ready? Our purpose is to exalt Jesus Christ by making disciples who love Jesus, grow with others, and serve the world. To exalt Jesus means to, to highlight him, to give him the honor, the praise that he's due. And, and we do that by making disciples, helping other people become followers, being followers ourselves who love him, who grow, and who serve. And if we were just to say, what does that mean? To love Jesus is the greatest thing you'll ever do with your life. Um, if, to, to love him means that, you, that he's first in your life, that you obey him, that you say yes to him and no to yourself, and that you have a relationship with him. You say, Jesus, I, I, I just thank you for what you've done for me. You're my one constant friend and companion who will never leave me, never betray me, never fail me. Lord, I love you. We grow, we grow with others in company. It might be a small group or a class, or maybe it's, you know, you're a certain season of life or you have a prayer partner, but you say, God, I want to be locking arms with other people, and I want to grow that you can shape and mold me with others and use me in their lives 
that I will become more and more Jesus' reflection of you. And then the final word, serve, that God make a difference through my life. That you can make all the money in the world, you can reach the pinnacle of success in your field, but if your life is not tied into the purposes of God in the world today, you're gonna come to the end of your life and look back with great regret and say, I, I lived for myself, I lived for my reputation, but I did not live for God, and, and what is it? And it's gonna be like, it's gonna come to nothing. And someday other people will throw away your plaques and your trophies, and, but if you can do those things wrapped around your relationship with Jesus and say, Lord, I want my life to make an impact with the story that you're writing in the world today, Man, you're going to come to the end of your life and say, my life counted. It really, really counted. You know, it's interesting. Jesus, he said, if you want to be considered really a great person, great in his kingdom, he says, you must become a what? A servant of all. Your greatness is measured by your willingness to serve. Wherever you go, whoever you meet, and it's why this character trait is included in our purpose statement, that our purpose is to exalt Jesus Christ, to lift him up, to make him the focus of our lives by making disciples who love him, who grow in company with others and who serve a world in need. You see, God is not satisfied that we just come to church and, and sort of, you know, keep a seat warm and shake a few hands. Um, he wants us to not only come to church, he wants us to be the church, right? He wants us to be a reflection of him, to, to be on mission with him wherever he takes us. It's a story of God's activity around the world that, that he wants your life to be significant, that God is doing something right around you in your neighborhood, your school, your workplace, wherever you go, and he's got plans for you he wants you to be a contributor, not just a consumer in his family. He doesn't want it just to be like, God, just bless me, and, but that he blesses you so that you can have an overflow and your life can be a blessing to others. So to discover more what that looks like, let's turn together to our scripture for today, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, if you don't have the Bible app yet, and maybe you don't have a paper Bible, just download that Bible app for free. And also notes, if those of you here, you, you find them on the table maybe, or an usher handed you one on your way in, just open up that little uh, bifold. And, or those of you engaging online, just go to gracecmay.org and you'll see our online bulletin and the notes are, are there. Really been enjoying this uh, journey through the book of 1 Corinthians. And today we're gonna see how God has gifted you to be part of the story that he's writing in the world today. Like your life can have tremendous meaning and significance no matter how badly you feel like you've messed up or how broken you've been or how far along you've ignored him that God has a plan for you. First Corinthians 12 to 15 marks a new section in Paul's letter helping us to understand what does it mean to be spirit-filled people. In fact, it's the longest teaching in the New Testament on how the Holy Spirit Gifts you, gifts me for making an impact in our church family and in our community. So here's what Paul says. Let's start with verse one. He says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. It's probably they asked him, they said, hey, Paul, tell us more about the spiritual gifts. And he goes, now about that, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He's gonna be talking about that here for the next few chapters. You know that when you were pagans, 
Somehow or other, you were influenced and led us straight to mute idols. And you might go, I, I wasn't a pagan. But he's saying if you were not following Christ, something else had first place in your life, and it wasn't Jesus. Therefore, I want you to know, he says, that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God of work. Let's just pause there a second. Hear what he's saying? He's saying, we each have different gifts, different personalities, different talents, but it's the same God who's working in you, that's working in me, that's working on the person next to you. Same God, different gifts. See how this emphasized here in these verses? Verse 4, different gifts. Verse 5, different kinds of service. Verse 6, different kinds of working. God has made you wonderfully unique. Isn't it something, those of you who are parents or maybe any one of us who grew up in a family, and you're like, I got the same DNA as my brother, right? But we're so different. I think as parents, Mary and I, we, we say, I think like our kids all got this, we know our kids all got the same DNA, but they have very different like personalities and, and passions and all, and that's just God's beautiful design, right? That he makes us and gifts us and he says, I, I, I've done that because I, I have all kinds of things I want to do, so I'm gonna gift you differently, but it's the same God Jesus working in all of us. He comes to live within us by his Holy Spirit the moment that we put our trust in his, him. Different gifts, same Jesus. Just as an aside, you'll notice in verses four to six, there's sort of a hint at the Trinity here. That word is never mentioned in the Bible, which has led some people to go, I don't believe in the Trinity. Show me the Bible word. Well, it doesn't mention the word. That's just a, uh, an easy way for us to refer to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In a passage like this, if you look in verse 4, it talks about the Spirit. In verse 5, it talks about the Son. And in verse 6, it talks about God, the Father. And so uh, it's just one of many times that you have one God, three persons mentioned in, in the Scriptures. Verse 7, let's see what he says here. A spiritual gift, why are they given? To each of us so that we can help each other. So you can say this for sure, that the gifts that God gives for high-impact living are for all Christians, not a select few. God's intent for his family, that's you and me, is not that we be like a football game. Some of you hate football, and you did not know that a football season recently began for college, go Buckeyes, and that the Browns are playing in a little bit. I see some jerseys here. So if you Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, we love you anyhow, we forgive you, and someday you'll, you'll repent, uh, rubbing it in our face here. But what is a football game, you know, happens? You have like 75,000 people, maybe more, who are all getting a ton of calories through their nachos and cheese and the big, you know, brats and everything like that, and, and watching 22 guys on a field huffing and puffing who are like need oxygen when they get off the field and it's killing them. And some people view the church of Jesus in that way. They'll go, wow, we've got these staff members at our church and I'm so glad that God has gifted them and, and we're up here in the stands and we're just sort of enjoying, you know. And, and, and Paul would say, no, 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 no. 
No, you're, you're all gifted. I want every one of you to be on the field. I want you in the game. I want your life to make an impact for others. He says in verse seven, he goes, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. That's where the gifts come from, is from the Holy Spirit, is given for the common good. In other words, it's for other people. He, he wants your life to make a difference for the people around you. You could summarize it like this. A gift is not something I manufacture on my own. There are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit for the good of others. You see a partial listing in your notes. I've listed about 25 gifts. It's a partial list because there are four different passages in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, that talk about gifts, and almost every Bible teacher would say that those gifts are suggestive, not exhaustive. And so there's you know, new gifts that maybe God is bringing depending on the situation. And, and, and I wonder as you look at that list, if you'd say, you know, I, th I think it's probably fair to say I have that gift right there. Which one would you maybe, might even if you have the piece of paper, circle that and say, I, I think I probably have the gift of encouragement or I think I'm a really, I help people or I've got the gift of, you know, uh, maybe having strong faith. They're gifts because this is stating the obvious, but because they're given to us, right? Like we, we don't manufacture these on our own. We don't earn them. We don't work for them. We don't graduate with a degree. God, the Holy Spirit, he determines what gifts will best be used in your life. And he gives you those gifts. Like and they're, they're meant, they're, because they're given to you, they're meant to be used. They're an example of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. In fact, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 11 times in the first 13 verses of this chapter. He just, he's, he, the moment you put your trust in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes and, and he takes up residence in your life. And he wants to do things through you that you'd go, I didn't think I had it in me, and, and, but, but he's gifted you for the common good. That's what he says in verse seven, it's for the people around you. Little history here. Back in the Old Testament, you had a tribe that was like the tribe of priests. Anybody remember what the name of that tribe was? The tribe of the Levites, right? And so the Levites were tasked with like, and the priests for doing the, sort of the work of God, you know, and other people would, but they were the ones and they were given, you know, some special assignments and they were the ones often in whom the Spirit of God would work. That, that was then. What about today? You might remember how 40 days after Jesus comes back from death, he ascends to heaven. The believers who are left, they gather in this room, and 10 days after that, so 50 days after Jesus rises from the dead, we call it the, it was a feast that they, Israel celebrated every year called the Feast of Pentecost. And in that feast, that particular year, the Spirit of God comes like a mighty rushing what? Wind and flames of fire and then Tongues were given as a, as a gift uh, or as a sign that, that the Spirit of God had come and they actually spoke in other languages. But it didn't, the Spirit of God, he didn't just come and fill the Levites. He filled how many believers? All of them, right? Every single believer so that Peter in 1 Peter 2 says, you are a kingdom of what? A priest. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a priest. Can you tell them that? If they're a follower of Jesus, they're a, they're a priest of God. 
You're a minister, and, and he's given you a, a gift in, in order to, or a series of gifts in order to bless others. What does that look like? I could give so many examples here at Grace, but let me introduce you to a few people who are using their gifts. Jenny Persons is uh, one of many. She's using her gifts in ESL, English as a second language, and Ginny has a number of gifts. Among them are administration and teaching. And, and there are over 60 people now in ESL who come on Sundays at noon, Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and they're from Ukraine and Syria and just a variety of countries, and they're learning English, and, and they're also just seeing the love of Jesus in action. And the, we have dozens of volunteers who are making a difference, um, an impact that I really believe some of these people are going to look back and say, it was your kindness to me that made me feel welcome in a country that felt so strange. Don Hall. Don has spent one-on-one -on -one time with maybe more people than anyone I know. Don is, uh, is just, if you see Don at Global, if you want to find him, look in Global Grounds. There he is right there. And, uh, and Don just loves seeing people become more devoted disciples. He works with people of all ages. He's a great encourager. He's been an encouragement to me. And, uh, and Don would be the first one to tell you, you don't need to have the gift of discipling or you know, encouragement to do what Don does. You just have to say, God, if you want to use me um, in all of these things, um, God, I'm, I'm available to you. Bob Zrinzo. Bob has the uh, gift of helping, whether in Grace Kids or as our usher captain at the 9 a.m. service. He preps hundreds of cups of coffee each Sunday morning. He serves on our Forever Young leadership team, uses his restaurant management skills. I could keep on going. Bob serves faithfully, one of many like him here at Grace. And it's all ages. You'll see some guys here uh, from right to left. That's, they give a shout out to those guys here. Bill Hawthorne and David Hartman, Thomas McCarrick and uh, Malachi Crespo. And uh, these are guys, late teens, early 20s, who are making a difference. Malachi, if you were here at a worship night on Wednesday night, Malachi was the guy behind the scenes, the broadcast engineer, making our service happen. He's a junior in high school, and he's just serving faithfully like all the time. Thomas and David and Bill helping out with youth ministry here at Grace. Um, so many people making an impact. And let me talk about the guys at Lorraine Correctional. You guys are making an impact as well. Um, you may not be aware that, uh, I think it was last year was the first year, they were given permission to plant gardens. And uh, this year, this week, they surpassed giving away to local area food banks a thousand pounds of food by the guys of Lorraine Correctional. Um, way to go, you guys. And 16 were recently trained and graduated with a certificate from Stephen Ministry where they're equipped to come alongside others who are going through a crisis and just to, to listen, to pray, to be sort of a support in that time. God wants you in the game. Maybe you're feeling a nudge right now and you're going, I, I, I know I need to do more than, I've been using the excuses and maybe I haven't felt qualified. Friends, none of us, well, a lot of us don't feel qualified, right? We're like, God, I don't, I don't know. You could find someone better than me. And, but God says, no, I give every person gifts to make a difference on the field. You know, if a cornerback in a football game said, you know, I, I rarely touch the ball. I haven't had an interception yet in eight games. Why should I even play? 
his role is important, right? It's, he's, he's protecting uh, his team from the other team scoring. A t- every role matters. Look what Paul tells him here in verse 11. He says, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives these gifts to each one just as he determines. You know what Paul's affirming right there? God made you exactly the way he wants you to be. I think there's sometimes uh, we have this sense of it, and it's a common thing about our humanity. There, there are things that we don't like about ourselves, right? We're like, I, th- I don't like the way my nose is. I don't like the way my, my ears are too big, or I'm, I don't li- I'm too short, too tall. I, I don't like the gifts I was given. I don't, whatever. I don't like my hair, or, the, or maybe the, you should just be grateful you have hair, right? Um, <laughs> And, but whatever it is, and we can go, I, I don't really like the way that, you know, that this is. Can I just remind you that you bear the signature of the divine artist. You are made in the image of God. And not only did he make your, your body and your personality the way, he, he's given you gifts and God did that. And he'll use every experience you've ever endured some of you have been through some horrific stuff and he knows the big picture and, and he, he's going to use every single experience in your life. None of them will have to be wasted to make a difference through you. You might wonder like, well, I, I, don't, I don't know, like maybe I should be serving in some way, but I, I don't know really where. There's an acrostic shape that has helped a lot of people um, to discern where they might make an impact. You'll see these questions on the screen, but S is for spiritual gifts. What would other people say you're gifted to do? If someone says, you know, you, you really, you always encourage me or the way you always seem to be helping and other people might call out your gifts or ask someone, say, hey, what gifts would you say maybe you think that God has given me? Your heart, what do you love to do? Like, where are you passionate? Abilities, what natural talents do you have? Personality, how has God wired you? experiences, what has he allowed you to experience and maybe he, he might want to leverage for impact with others. Generally, it's gonna be something you enjoy, not always, but if you find yourself going, man, I hate doing this. I feel so drained. You know, I'm teaching because someone asked me to teach. I felt guilty saying no, but half the class falls asleep when I teach, and, but I'm doing it because maybe, no, maybe you're just not gifted in that area, right? And God wants you to be doing the gift of craftsmanship. This week, I mentioned to you, uh, and maybe Duffy, you're watching, one of my teammates was hit on his motorcycle a few weeks ago, coming to Grace, had his leg amputated, and, uh, and he's, it's a long recovery. Group of guys from Grace this week found a, a ramp up to the, you know, on Facebook Marketplace. Where else do you buy stuff, right? And, and they, they bought this thing, they reassembled it, surprised Duffy comes home from the rehab unit. He's got this ramp going up to his, and I go, if I would have built that, I mean, probably his wheelchair would have fallen right off of it, right? I was terrible. But there are other people who are like that. They, they finish that and they go, wow, like I feel good and I help somebody. Are you plugged in somehow? Have you found your place? You know, there's on our website a surf page that you'll see, uh, you see scrolling along there. And that surf page is all kinds. This is just a sampling of some of the opportunities that uh, exist that, that you can say, maybe I could sample that or try that or this might, you know, God, if you look at that, I just believe that if you're not plugged in right now, if you are, I'm not looking to just dump more on you, but if you're not using the gifts God has given you, that he might just prompt you or you'll go, I think that might be it. 
And there's a place where you can sign up there and say, I'm looking for a place to serve, and, and uh, you, can, you can do that. Really just saying, God, here I am. Like you have permission to nudge me, convict me, move me, and God put people in my path who, you need, who need to be served, and maybe to my neighbor, give me eyes to see them like you do. And you know what's amazing to me is that we have this unbelievably good God who cares for every person around us. Like he values them. And he'll sometimes redirect one of his children to help another one. It, that, that in itself can help you say, you know what, I, I don't wanna be in this waiting room right now. I don't like this delay. I hate the fact that I'm, you know, I had to whatever, or I don't like being back in this, you know, this crowded cattle car, this airplane, but if God, you put me next to this person. Maybe there's something you want to do in this person's life or be for me just to listen or be an encouragement. How might he have you involved? Verse 12, he says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. That might be the summary verse of this chapter, that we are the body of Christ and every single part of your body has a key role. Notice that Paul does not say the church is like a body. He says it actually is the body of Christ. That's what he calls us. He says again in verse 27, he says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That means that our church family or any other local expression of God's, God's family is, is a body. We're the visible representation of Jesus. Think about this in, in our, with our own bodies. If you wanted to get to know me and I wanted to get to know you, like we would say, we're not just gonna, you know, uh, ideally, we're not just gonna like write letters. We're gonna say, let's get together for maybe some ice cream or whatever. Uh, I just, I don't know why this one slipped out, you know, the ice cream part, but, but you would see my eyes focusing on you. you I, I, I can listen, it's my ears, it's my face. It's leaning in, it's, it's the posture. It's my body that is, if you want to get to know the deep part of who Jonathan Schaefer is, or for me to get to know you, it's there's something about my, our bodies are the visible representation of like who we are, right? It's the same thing with the body of Christ, that if other people in your sphere of influence are going to experience Jesus, it's not likely going to be some kind of vision in the sky or some kind of, it's gonna be through the body, the visible representation of Jesus, and that's you and that's me. We need each other. Listen to how Paul says in verse 14. He says, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, <clears throat> it would not cease for that reason, we're not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I guess I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, I think Paul's trying to be funny here. Imagine an eye just sort of bouncing down the sidewalk. It's like, there's that, there goes Bill. He's, Bill's just an eye, right? You know, it's, and uh, he said, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? I see you, but I can't hear you, right? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You hear what Paul's saying? He's saying every single person has an important role. If your part of the body is not functioning, the body is not, is not living out the way it's supposed to be. 
Think about this in terms of the body of Christ. There's a person who needs to be encouraged, but if the person with the gift of encouragement that God has designed to talk to that person with the text or a word of affirmation or whatever it might be, send an email, that if that person, someone's not gonna be encouraged because that person with the gift of encouragement not using their gift. There's gonna be a small group or a class that needs a teacher someone who who's just has the ability to synthesize and say and make it clear, and because that person goes, ah, and there's a lot of other good teachers, there's gonna be a group of people missing out. There's someone who has the gift of giving money, making money, gifting, giving money, but they're sort of fearful of, about their finances, and because they're not giving the way God has designed for them to give, there's impact that's not going to take place. There are new advances that are not going to happen. There are people who'd be blessed by someone who'd be a leader to say, hey, let's, let's do this, you know, we're gonna, and the person is shrinking back because they go, I don't, I don't know, there's other better leaders than me, and, and the body of Christ is missing out. And when we do that, it's hurtful to the giver, God himself, because he's like, I, I gave you this gift. And you're finding reasons not to use the gift I've given you. And it hurts the people around us because they're not gonna receive from the body what, what they need. Friends, every gift has value. Your, your gift that God has given you has value. There's not an A list and a B list of gifts. They're not like name brand gifts and generic gifts. They all have a designer label. They're all given by the Holy Spirit of God for you to make an impact on the people around you Every person is important to the team. Paul just keeps on hammering that home. Let me read one more section, and then we'll wrap up. Verse 21, he says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that his parts should have equal concern for each other. You know what Paul's saying? He's going, you can never say to another person, yeah, we really don't need you. You know, you're sort of an extra piece, a spare part. Paul would say, oh, no, no, there's no spare parts. No spare parts in God's family. Every person is designed and gifted by God. And so it's vital that we value others, whatever, whether their gift is highly visible or not. You give special honor, though. That's what Paul says. What does he mean by that? Someone has put it this way. They said, never confuse prominence with significance. Never confuse prominence with significance. My nose is prominent, right? You look in the mirror, you're like, whoa, right? And, and, uh, and your nose is the, one of the first things that people see. Those guys crossing the finish line in a track race, it might be their nose is the first thing, right? But be, just because it's prominent doesn't it mean it's the most significant part of my body. I could live without my sense of smell. But what about the parts of my body that you don't see, like my liver, my lungs, my kidneys, my heart? They're not prominent, but they are what? Significant. If one of those decides to take a day off, Jonathan is no more, right? It's like the body of Christ. Some people are behind the scenes, but they show up. They serve. They do their part. 
and they might not be recognized, they might not be prominent, but Paul says, oh, but don't make any mistake. They're significant. I wonder if it brings someone to mind for you and you go, that's probably that person. They're not prominent, but they are significant. You know what I encourage you to do? What if you just jotted them a text, an email today, and say, you know what? I want you to know that you are so significant to what God is doing. You may not be the one out front, but God is making an impact through your life. I want you to know I see it, and others do too. What about you? How has God gifted you? What would you say? Are you using the gifts he's given you? Are you in the game or are you in the stands? Maybe you've been sitting here the last half hour and you're looking at this passage and you go, you know, I, I don't think I'm probably functioning the way God wants me to. It's more of a here or there kind of thing. And maybe I am wounding the heart of God. Maybe I'm hurting the people around me. How do you think the Lord might want to use you? Maybe you go back to that part of our website, gracemeat.org backslash serve, and just start looking and saying, God, what sort of, where do you want to sort of just pull on the strings of my heart? God, I, I'm, I'm available. I want you to use me however you desire. Some of you, you're going, I'm already serving. You say I have to do more? No, no, no. Unless you've got the time and God's telling you to do something, I just want to say for all of you who are making a difference and you're using the gifts that God has given you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're making an impact. God sees even when it feels like nobody else does and he's going to reward you and you're part of the story that he's writing in the world today. There's a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King that I think is so powerful, an echo of the words of Jesus. Here's what he said. Not everyone can be famous, but everyone can be great because great is determined by what? By service. Not everyone can be famous, but everyone can be great because great is determined by service and on that definition of greatness, I pray that you will be truly great. Let's ask God to use us. Lord, we just want to say today, thank you, thank you, thank you. First of all, Jesus, that you come into our lives and you forgive us. You're restoring us, redeeming us. And Lord Jesus, we just want to say, fill us with your Holy Spirit in fresh ways. God, help us to find our place, our role. Thank you that you have given us a gift or gifts, that's your promise. And Lord, we just wanna say we're available to you today, tomorrow, every day this week. Lord, whatever you want to do through our lives, we're all yours. For the sake of your name and for the good of the people around us, we pray. And everyone said, amen, may it be. Hey, friends, let's stand together and let's make this song our prayer that Jesus would truly be exalted in our lives.